Happy Tuesday. Why, hello everyone. It's the 21st of August and it's us again. We're back. And wow, what a ride this month has been. Wonderful, wonderful family has been here with us. And we had the tears of sending many to the airplanes today. So Yeah, it's actually sad Tuesday, really. It is. It's sort of a, <laughs> a tragic Tuesday. Yeah, but we're celebrating anyway because he's good. And he we had such an amazing time with those that we got to drive to the airport to go home today. And so we... We keep our eyes on that and all that, all that we got to enjoy and just delight in with him, with each other over these past days. A beautiful wedding yes. occurred and we now have new neighbors because of that wedding and we're very excited. Our little neighborhood is growing. It really has. We have, uh, actually we have seven new neighbors. Wow. <laughs> I had to count in my head and that took That's a minute. right. Seven new neighbors. Yeah. So we have, uh, in the house next door, we have Axel and Tav and three of the Grandies, three of the four Grandies. And then in the apartment connected to their house, we have the bride and groom. This is so true. We're very excited. We're almost spoiled, one could say. We're so surrounded by love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just amazing. And we're um, really, really probably going to be looking back on the last few weeks with awe for many days, weeks, months, and even years to come. God has done so much, and we're just so blessed by it. So many things that he's talked about um, are coming to fruition. One of them is just some of the um, amazing things that he's saying on land missions. And so more uh, on that probably in February, but wow, how everything is just moving quickly and great excitement in all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just a reminder, we will be having here in Bixby. Yes. Or Bigsby. Yeah. I actually was on the phone with someone the other day, and it was related to delivery, and they were asking me what town I lived in. And I said several times, Bixby. And they couldn't understand what I was saying. And then he goes, oh, Bigsby. So <laughs> there you have it, folks. Welcome. There you have it. So right here in River City, A.K. Bigsby, <laughs> we have a Level 1 training coming up, and that is October the 11th, 12th, and 13th. So it's a Thursday evening, all day Friday, all day Saturday. And there is a registration at the blueflame47.com website. And uh, so if you have interest in joining us, you can register there. It is free. It's here at the barn, which is so lovely. It makes us want to cry. Mm-hmm. Every time we see it, we know Papa is just kissing, kissing, and then more kissing. Yeah, it was so incredible because, um, you know, we had the barn all set up for AR, and it had just been set up in such an amazing way with the theme and all of that, which I love so very much. And then just just within a few weeks, it was set up in just an astounding way for a wedding and uh, we thought the wedding would be outside and it got to be inside and it was so fitting because the couple are from Cyprus, Whisper and Adir and Whisper was at our very first immersion in the tent so really and truly the first major event we had in the tent and then uh, Adir came later 
went through Immersion 5, which we talk about a lot because of the storm that we went through. And they had this beautiful storm uh, for the wedding that, that did cause us to be in the barn. But it, as I said, it was just so fitting that they came from the tent to the barn. And it was just like a completion and a beginning. And it was wonderful. And we cried lots. We did cry lots. <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful cry lots. <laughs> Yeah, so um, one thing that um, we got to talk about during T22 at August Rush that uh, I also have been seeing sort of recurring is um, Papa once again calling us back to seeing him as our motivation. And that in everything that we do, seeing if our heart, if that deepest part inside of us is being motivated by him, or if we're being motivated by some other uh, circumstance. And um, the shock that I have in to what degree my own personal conflicts and conflicts of those and our family around us have been related to the three thorns of fear, ambition, and pleasure. And when we look at why we do things, why we feel certain ways, and whether that is driven by fear, whether that is driven by ambition, which can be uh, even uh, from a wounded place wanting to be seen, from a wounded place wanting to be heard or wanting to be known, and then also uh, being motivated by pleasure, how these uh, wounded places of motivation cause us to be in conflict with ourselves and each other, and uh, especially when you've got two incompatible um, uh, motivations, two incompatible thorns, and uh, it can cause great issues when a person who wants to be um, adventuresome, but coming from a wound, they get pleasure from adventure and it becomes reckless. And when a person who's pursuing recklessness is uh, in relationship with a person who's motivated by fear, it just doesn't work very well. And with all of the thorns, it's the same thing. And so more than anything, I just want to bless everyone to look at your motivations and ask God to shine his light and reveal what is my motivation in each of these things that I'm doing? Is it you, Papa? Am I resting in you? Am I discovering with you more and more of who Papa is so that I can see myself through Papa's eyes? And, uh, and know what Papa's heart is and know what my heart is? Or am I being motivated by things that are either existing wounds or, or old wounds from the past? And what an amazing breakthrough it is when each of us realize these places, see them healed, and then step into God as our motivation for everything. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I think that August Rush will be up you know, within the next few weeks. Well, yeah. Yes. Or so ish. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I generally give this timeline that's nowhere near, so I don't want to do that. But hopefully it will be up quickly and you can hear the fullness of what um Paul was just sharing about because it was it was just really significant. I know it impacted a lot of um hearts that were there and present and I know it'll do the same uh through the recordings. And uh, I, I was really, I was impacted by so much during AR. And I just, like Pa said, you know, we'll be in awe days, weeks, months, years. And I 
I want that to be true every day, every week, every month for years. Just over this, just over what he did um, with just asking us to trust him and us just getting to trust him, us getting to wait with him and enjoy what was happening. You know, even in those moments where we couldn't see what was happening, we still had the choice for delight with him. And and that really uh, just invited awe. You know, whenever something was completed, whenever something, uh, you know, whether it was a permit or just a piece of material was put in or that moment when the certificate of occupancy came through, there was just such, we were just astounded Um, Not because we didn't believe he would do it, but because we believed he would and and that he actually was doing it. Like we were we were not in this weight of motionlessness. We were not in this weight of um, there being no no sign and no wonder of what he was doing. You know, we've talked about this on podcasts before, but in Hebrew culture, um, when that set apart moment would happen for a bride and groom, the bride, you know, wasn't given a ring. She was given a veil. And that was the outward sign of an inward reality that she had made this choice for this groom and her family had entered into covenant. So wherever she was drawing water from the well or whatever she might have been doing around the village, um, it was seen, it was evident that she was set apart and being having something be evident is not the same as proof it was just so tangible that this was happening and um the groom at the same time is at his father's house and he's got um he's adding this room onto his father's house just as he said he would do um as part of this covenant and and throughout the village that resounding hammer striking nail hammer striking nail and just that do you know that ringing noise that that comes when hammer just makes that strike and it would just have been reverberating throughout the whole village and it was it made what was coming to pass evident you know it made it so tangible and real and so there were so many times for us as the barn was being built that we just had those moments. I remember such awe over a bulldozer, like the very first time we were waiting for dirt to move and that bulldozer was there. And, you know, I snapped a picture and um, I didn't get pictures of everything because sometimes it was just for my heart. But we always, throughout the process, had this, um, just these signs of what was being prepared for us. And and we got to make the choice to celebrate those signs and not say well we can't celebrate till the barn is done we got to to just have this awe and celebration all the way through and we got to have an awesome conversation this past week with two of our favorite people in the world and uh they were um I still hear from Cyprus and we we got to have dinner and so they were telling a story they had told us via email at one point, and and I'm not going to relate that story because it's it's their story. I'm just going to share something that impacted me so greatly as they shared it in person, verbally with us. And so I think when they had emailed us, they told the, you know, the facts as it were, which were amazing, incredible, 
off the charts. But um, they hadn't told us how they responded. So in this moment, they told us how they responded, and it was... So this was something the Lord had said to them. They were trusting Him for, and He was speaking to them, and they they knew that He was, and they were just so purposed to respond to everything He said. So here's this moment when it actually, like, what He said, exactly how He said it, you know, comes through. And, And what they described was they both could only go to the floor. They could only go down and and stay in awe for a while over over this happening, over this experience with him. And um, that is just so our hearts um, always, but, but right now, um, because our word for this year, for the Hebrew year, and we're about to come into um, a new Hebrew year in just a few weeks. And so our word for this year was awe. And so it was so much about um, just that delighting in everything he was doing. And that delight would be uh, the motion that set us into awe, that just surrounded us with awe, put us right in the big middle of awe, which is, which is him. And so through this year, we got to say he did some amazing things that made it not so hard to be in awe. But we've also seen that there's a choice to remain in awe, that it's not just about what he does. It is so much of that journey, knowing he was with us and we were with him and he was faithful, but we were faithful and we didn't take our eyes off of him, didn't take our hearts off of his. Um, We just, you know, had daily that choice, you know, sometimes laying down our life isn't giving something up, it's choosing what's right before us that um, doesn't look like the whole picture yet. It doesn't look like everything yet. It looks like a piece of it, and we get to lay our life down to delight in that piece that day and be satisfied with that. And um, so that their story to us was just such a resonating reminder of, yes, you know, that I'm going to lay down my life for that. Oh, I'm going to lay down my life to delight in this one piece that I don't understand how it fits with all the other pieces, but I'm going to taste its goodness and I'm going to let it fill me and satisfy me. And so um, so we've just been talking so much about that. You know, still we drive by the barn and and sometimes you just have to sit there. You just have to sit on the porch or you just have to sit in your car in the driveway and be remembering every little piece where it was like, I don't know how this fits with what you've said, but I'm going to taste it anyway and know that you are good. And all the many, many daily bread little pieces that went into a big red barn on a great big land, you know, and... So we, you know, we were obviously coming up to this journey with AR knowing the barn was going to be ready and we're going to have a wedding soon after. And um, so during AR, I was kind of in an interesting place myself. I just wanted to participate, if that makes sense. So, of course, I was. I, I did, you know, I shared different sessions, but I, 
I was just with everybody else when the other sessions were happening or at lunch I was getting to talk about what someone shared and and it wasn't that what I shared wasn't precious to me it just I just wanted to be part with everybody like I was just coming in and being reunited with everybody like I had come from out of town almost and just have this sense of wonder um, and this motion of delight that just kept you know propelling me to awe so um so over the past weeks I have been really just continuing a conversation with Papa about remaining remaining in awe um I'm so glad I can return to awe, but I want to remain in awe um, so that it grows. And I get to be part of that growth instead of um, returning to it. You know, I don't even know how to say it exactly, just remaining in it. So I experience the actual um, frequency of it and movement of it. And so... Um, One of the things that um, you'll hear about when the AR video is up is I I did get to share a bit about a grafting tree and just a journey I had with that. And so um, Papa just over the past few weeks has been drawing me back to a portion I had in my notes to share and had written pretty extensively about but actually did not share Um, because sometimes when I was speaking I just got so caught up in wanting to just be with everybody it was you know I kind of was making active choices oh that's that'll be in the book oh I'll say that that'll be in the book and I've never actually been able to do that before because when we're doing winter TNAR I become very concerned about making sure you know I'm doing this complete work where okay if I'm saying it it's got to be in the book or if it's going to be in the book I got to say it and I really just got to let that go in a in a way, just to know, you know, it was going to be complete. It will be complete, and it'll have these different pieces or components, just kind of like the barn does. So all that to say, he's been drawing me back to something that I didn't share on the recording but felt today that it was important to maybe get out in a more verbal way, and then it'll be in fullness in the book. But so I had just shared and have been sharing for a couple years now about trees and just the different things he's been teaching me through them about community and about us and how we're designed. And, um, you know, just over this past season, I've experienced so much that um, trees like us go through hardship. They go through um, so much of the things that we do. And uh, so I've been just revisiting Jeremiah 17 and because for years now, I've been in scriptures about where we're likened to trees, and uh, it's just been part of my journey. So Jeremiah 17 is one of the amazing scriptures that speaks to that, that we're likened to trees. And so that's a little farther down around verse 8 in Jeremiah 17, but the scripture begins with a pretty strong um, context of where the community is. And so it says that um, the sin of Judah was written with a pen of iron with diamond. And so this is a huge thing. And whenever I am reading something in the context of Judah, I know 
that God is talking about worship because that's what Judah means, praise, um, worship. I think it's the fullness. If you look in the definition, Judah would be praise, but there's this fullness of worship where praise is how we experience Him, the Lord, on a daily basis, and worship is our expression of what it was like to experience Him when we come together. So when I see this, the sin of Judah was written with a pen of iron. That's very impacting to me because I know that the Lord is talking about praise. So um, we come down a little farther from that to verse 8, and that's when it says, you're like a tree planted by water. And when we read that, there's numerous scriptures that talk about being planted by water. Um, Revelation, the Psalms talk about being planted by water. And what that means is that we're actually planted in the truth of who God is. So it's just speaking about this like a tree planted by water and that sends out its roots, doesn't fear heat, that kind of thing. So it's just talking about almost the faithfulness of, of a tree. And then it comes down... And it begins talking about um, really the community, the, the culture, the world in that moment. And I think he was reminding me of this because it, it speaks to kind of the conditions that we see right now. So it says this, that there were, it's talking about um, all these living trees, this, like these, um, just that this area of many trees green and living but but it says by every single one was a pole and I'm not going to actually say the name of the pole (laughs) it's the name of a goddess and uh, who's a Canaanite goddess and um, which was all about fortune and happiness and this kind of thing basically about what you could get for yourself so um, and that um, the word that they use in Jeremiah comes from a root word that basically means idol or fake tree. So this actual um, goddess is represented by a fake tree. And so what this is saying in Jeremiah is that by all the living trees, which were considered places of worship, are false trees of false worship. And there's groves of them, and they're just scattered all throughout these places of worship um, throughout throughout the land. And so it's almost like, you know, just so m- mocking, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, true worship. Because it's this... this um, tangible picture right before them as tangible as the trees what God made what man made what God made what man made what God can do what we can do for ourselves what God can do what we can do for ourselves and so there are these idols next to every tree in every location it says and this is the sin that was etched on Judah's heart was this idolatry this contrast of We say God provides. We say we trust Him. We say He does this, this, and this. But in case He doesn't, here's the picture of what we can do for ourselves. Here's the picture of what we can make happen. 
um, with the supplies and the resources we can gather for ourselves instead of waiting for his provision and his um, strategies and resources and all that thing. So here's just this, I mean, I just, it grieves me to even try to picture it in my mind, just what that would have looked like and how grieved God's heart would have been and what a picture it was that it was Judah's heart that this sin was written on. It was worship. It was the one who represented worship and praise. That's whose heart this sin was etched on. And so um, in that, I really just felt at the time when he was first speaking this as I was preparing, you know, for some months for August Rush, that he was just inviting me to see, and then I think today I felt like us to see um, the places that we've created anything for ourselves and the way that it steals or corrupts our worship. Um, And I believe with all of my heart that worship, true worship, can never be invaded by the enemy. When it's pure, the enemy has no place in it. He can't, he couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand to be there because worship would actually go through him because that's that's part of his design that was part of his role in heaven was to usher the worship to God which meant it had to actually go through him and you know he he doesn't want to have that happen because you'd be changed when that happens when when we're together in community and we're worshiping with such purity our worship just goes through each other and we're changed. We're changed forever. So, so in that, um, and just with some of the things Paul was saying about those thorns and those things that motivate, I just felt like this story was so in, in conjunction with that, that, um, you know, the word wicked that we see, uh, throughout scripture, and it's not every time wicked's used, but there, there is a context of wicked that means an idol that I have fashioned an idol fashioned by man or anything I've created for myself. And so I've just been on that journey looking at any any of those plan Bs, any of the just-in-cases that, that I might have. And I know we want to think we don't have those, but, uh, but sometimes in the weight and sometimes in uh, things looking different and when we're not able to delight in today's peace or today's portion— we can start fashioning for ourselves what we think God should look like, what we think He should do in a situation. And when we do that, we've created an idol, and it sits right next to our worship and doesn't allow our worship to be full. And I think right now, um, putting this into context of the world, now the world, the people in it need to see real worship of people who are so taken with their God so enamored by him, so astounded just by who he is in the day-to-day that they're so drawn to that. Um, They're so just propelled towards it because it's true, because it's real. And they start to see that relationship and how precious it is and begin to let go of religion, whether they um, have had religion or trying to oppose it with everything they have, when they see a true expression of who God is, I think it's irresistible. It just it can't be resisted. And and just thinking of us being likened to trees that 
you know, we, we offer this incredible shade to those who need to come and experience and observe and understand and explore. And if we have idols, you know, right next to um, those trees, all the monuments to what we did for ourselves or what we did instead of him or in better than him, then that worship doesn't ring true and we're not drawing the world to him. And I think it's just more crucial now than, you know, I know we can say that in every generation, but for our generation, it's absolutely crucial um, the way that we will turn the hearts to the Father, will turn the hearts to the Lord is just by being the most real, the most true, the most lacking the shine of idolatry representation of Him to the world that we can be. Amen. <laughs> so you'll get to read and hear more about that when the um, audio is up from August Rush uh, and then when the book is done, which we're hoping will be before winter tea. You never know. You never know what kind of miracle can take place around here. That's right. <laughs> well, we love you guys so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Yay.